This one's one of your favorites? Oh, yeah. I used to sing the crap out of this one. Yep. Be like, mm-hmm. They let me call this one a lot. figured out yet already this is our wow that picked up on the mic a lot what were you doing i'm sorry i was looking down i got listen to what happened when the cadence started playing yep my hand started sweating so bad i'm 20 years out of the military right and it hasn't been that long well oh wait oh wait right yeah my hand started sweating so badly just from the like the psychosomatic damage mm-hmm. of like being at basic combat training and my and I used to get so anxious when I knew we were going to run because you know I joined older than everybody in my class I was the oldest female in my class so my hands look at my hands yeah so I grabbed the yeah. napkin next to me and I okay. didn't I didn't know it was going to like <laughs> yeah. do this so I'm professional hard work work all right Go ahead, do your intro now. (laughs) So we thought we would do a a Veterans Day special on our podcast, since we are both veterans, if you haven't figured that out by now. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also, um, I wanted to lead off with just talking about your experience as a woman in the Army, but I want to share sort of my background with that. with females in the military? Yeah. So I I went to basic training at Fort Benning, uh, where it's home of the infantry. Mm. So all, all male basic training. My first unit at Fort Bragg was combat arms, so all men, again, with artillery. Um, it's interesting looking back at it and realizing that I was probably a bit of a jerk slash misogynist Mm. um i definitely didn't i i bought into the whole like male dominate dominated combat arms women shouldn't be in the army how old were you at this point when you were 19 18 right you signed up at 17 no right 18 19 19. When I graduated, I graduated okay. late. So you held this opinion at 19 and then for a couple years after. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't think I, and it wasn't that I was rude to women. I don't think I was, yeah, I don't think I would have done anything rude to women. I knew well, lots of. weren't exposed to women. Either. I knew female soldiers being in the, yeah. in the chaplaincy. Um, but that's later. But respect, I, I, I don't think back then I respected female soldiers for what they did 
mm-hmm. uh, which is painful to say. It's painful to realize that that was a person that I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later in life, being a veteran and then being with a veteran, you realizing that female veterans don't get the, the due that they deserve. Mm. Um, and I'll, I'll, my story is, so we've been pulled over in your Mustang. You've had the the um, veterans license plate the whole time you and I have known each other. I got the veterans license plate in 2004 when I bought the Correct. Mustang. Yep. So after the war, after I have been the passenger when you were pulled over, the police officer will come up, ask for your driver's license and registration, see that your car belongs to you. Mm-hmm. Your my name is not on that. Nope. And then thank me for my service in the passenger seat. Even though the name on both the registration and the license is Clydette, it was right. not under Clyde, so I could understand, yeah. oh, Clyde, it might be the guy in the passenger seat. Right. Nope. But at that point, the police officer has looked at your driver's license, my registration. your registration. I'm driving. You're driving. It's your car. But I get thanked for my service. And luckily for the police officer, I am also a veteran, but missing the point that, like, dude, you're thanking the wrong person. Mm-hmm. And I was pulled over solo after we were married. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes it sound like we've been pulled over a lot. We, <laughs> we haven't. I would say I have not been pulled over since 2019, I believe. And that was because my sticker was off by like three days. Because in Pennsylvania, you have to have... Right. You know, here Floridians don't care. You, if, if you drive a car duct tape together, it's fine. There's no registration. There's no inspection. Right. Not registration, rather, inspection. Yeah. I was pulled over, and he said, and I quote, af- after we got done with the niceties of it, and he mm-hmm. said, look, I'm just going to give you a warning. Go get the car inspected. He goes, tell your husband. I said, thank you for your service. And I right. said, well, I will, officer, because he is indeed a veteran. But you should be thanking me because this is my car. That's my plate. And I was in Iraq. I'm also a veteran. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, he started stuttering. Oh, oh. And a bead of sweat. I'm not kidding you. Rolled down the front (laughs) of his forehead because I was like aggressive about it. Yeah. Well, just just a couple weeks ago, uh, you and I went to see uh, Top Gun. Maverick. The new new Top Gun, right? So we decided to wear wear our matching veteran T-shirts. And we were waiting. We were just basically just waiting to get let in because we, we went to a place that also serves food. So they come out and get you and bring you in. Side note, identical T-shirts. Correct. Identical. identical. And we, you and I both noticed this guy like staring at you. And I thought he like wanted to take you home. Yeah, it was weird. But he was staring at your shirt. So like 10 minutes of him like staring. Yeah. He came over and thanked me for my service. Very beautifully. Right, and it was wonderful, but completely ignored the fact that you were with me with a veteran shirt on, too. But but you're missing a part. Oh. He was upping and downing you. He was doing from the forehead to the waist area, reading the shirt, and all it says is veteran down, straight right. down, and then it's yellow, it's gold. So we kind of look like we were posing as the Air Force when we went to Maverick because the background of the shirt is royal blue right. and the yeah, writing yeah, yeah. was yellow. He stared up and down at you, up and down. You read that it said veteran, mm-hmm. 
straight up and down, and then across it said U.S. Army. He looked over at me when he thanked you, and he saw that I was wearing the same shirt. Not the shirt that says, I'm a wife of a veteran, because they right. make those. Right. They make those. Mm-hmm. And didn't say a word to me. Right. And I had to go into my first love's movie, Tom Cruise, yep. my first love, the first man I ever <laughs> loved. I had to go into his movie pissed off because I was going to take that guy out. Yep. But the reason, now see, he's... No, he, I'm no, just he's, adjusting things. He's, people, he's adjusting the mic because I'm getting upset. And when I get upset, <laughs> I raise my voice. So he has to adjust the mic. I was so pissed off and so excited about this movie. Mm-hmm. And he, and I should have said something, but you know what? I just wanted us to have a nice date night, and yep. the focus was on seeing Maverick, right. a historic, historic event mm-hmm. of bringing back Maverick. So what I want to know from you is, mm. I, you and I have talked about this a little bit, and we did serve together for a little while, mm-hmm. but what was your experience like as a female soldier in the United States Army? It was difficult in the sense that well, being in the Army in general is already difficult. All right, so ba- yeah. I'm going to give a brief synopsis. BASIC began with 23 females, mm-hmm. 10 graduated. Mm-hmm. So there's that, 10 females graduated. I then make it over to advanced individual training, which is where we learn our job, which would be chaplain's assistant school. Mm-hmm. But I have a year off in between because I'm a reservist, so I get fat and lazy in the year off. I get to AIT and the treatment was, you know, there were women there. But again, in this case, 12 women, mm-hmm. seven graduated, okay? Then I get into the Army and I'm practicing and there's more women around me where I'm actually practicing. I'm using therapy words. <laughs> I'm, I'm an active reservist. Right. So there were a lot more women around me. Then I deploy to Iraq and the number of women that I was kind of exposed to on the daily were the women in my unit who were bullies who were nasty to me. It was the worst bullying I ever had in my life. Women treated me worse than some of the men downrange. Mm-hmm. Downrange means deployed. at war. Right. Deployed. Deployed. But the hardest part, the hardest part for me as a woman would be whenever I encountered a Marine. Mm. And then I got attached. I got, I got, because I got in kind of trouble while I was in Iraq, because I stood up to my chaplain after a really bad event. Mm-hmm. I witnessed him giving counseling in a, in a tent, in a makeshift chapel. He gave counsel to this Marine. This Marine had by accident shot an eight-year-old child, an eight-year-old Iraqi. Mm-hmm. And my chaplain told this guy that he couldn't guarantee, and I quote, he couldn't guarantee his salvation. He couldn't guarantee that he was going to go to hell or heaven. And the guy actually went on to kill himself. The soldier went on to kill himself. When I tried to counsel around that person, around that chaplain, he made it very clear, women do not belong in the military. And Mm -hmm. I was his bodyguard. Right. That's what was really effed up. I was his bodyguard because two men declined the choice to go with him mm-hmm. whenever he was going on missions in and out of Iraq and in and out of Kuwait mm-hmm. because they were too scared to travel with him. So he, he, he took me, but he didn't believe in women in uniform. So I went through a lot of discrimination, a lot of sexism. In Iraq, my vi- most vivid memory was standing in line for chow, and it was a long line. We were just getting our, a hot meal out of these big metal, horrible... Th- boxes that are supposed Mm -hmm. to hold your food and it was like a hot meal 
and at the at that time we were working with the Marines and behind me were two young really good looking guys and they were talking about women in the military what are they good for and he took his M16 and tried to slide it between the back of my legs and up all the way between my legs so basically assaulting me mm -hmm. and I turned around and punched him in the face hit him square right in the nose and then and ladies and gentlemen I can attest to her punches hurt. Well, because I was learning boxing at they, the time. Yes. From other Marines who were nice guys. Mm -hmm. I punched him right in the face. He fell to the ground because it's all, you have a plan to get punched in the face. <laughs> right. Punched him so hard. My knuckles were brown and purple. Mm -hmm. Knocked him to the ground. And I said, that's what women are good for in the military. Punched him so hard. And I didn't know I really had that in me. Mm -hmm. You know, at that point in my life, I, you know, I didn't know. Punched him right in the face kind of gained some notoriety within the Marine Corps at that point, but Marines were really nasty to me. And to this day, I respect the Marines, but they were the most nasty to me because there are no, there are hard, I shouldn't say no, there are hardly any females right. in the Corps. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was hard. Yeah. Well, so if you were talking to a young soldier or um, a young woman that wanted to join the Army now or the military in general, what would what would your advice be? Well, here's what's ironic. 2022 it would be different. You got to right you guys got to understand people listening. Mm -hmm. We have women going through Sears school, which is the a very elite school where they teach you basically how to be a prisoner of war. They break your fingers, they do all kinds of sick crap to you so you can endure. You got you've got women rangers now. Mm -hmm. You've got women jumping out of planes now. In 2000, when I joined, every, this is what people don't understand. I joined in 1999. Mm -hmm. Women weren't doing even my job. Chaplain's Assistant School, they made fun of us. Mm -hmm. Because in, in what people don't understand is Chaplain's Assistant School, so for Chaplain's Assistant, in, in garrison, meaning in peacetime, when you're just stationed at your place, you're just a glorified grunt. You're just running around getting the chaplains dry cleaning, making dinner reservations for him, doing paperwork. When you go to war, you're the person with the weapon because the chaplain cannot carry a weapon. Mm -hmm. He's a non-combatant. People don't understand that. They cannot take human life. Mm -hmm. That job didn't have a lot of women doing it. But nowadays, women are doing schools I never could have got into mm. in 2000. I mean, we saw our first SEAL graduate mm -hmm. our first female navy seal graduated not that long ago it's incredible so it's crazy you know mm -hmm. but but between my humor my sarcasm my wit that's the only way i made it mm -hmm. because they wanted nothing to do with me as a woman right so i don't know but basic training there were more women present because these are women going into the nursing corps right whatever so that's a good job on the segue there yeah, I'm good with. I mean, I used to be a pastor. I know segues because if you if you heard my sermons, you know you heard some of my sermons when I was a pastor. Yep. I had great segues. Yeah. So I mean, this is nothing. You want to sing so bad? Jump and fly. I'm going to be airborne. Jump and fly. I'll sign my name on a dotted line. I'll sign my name on a dotted line. Now all I do is 
the dope of time. All I do is dope Man, time. cadence. <laughs> I loved calling cadence. So they immediately defi- they immediately determined a basic training that I could sing. Yeah. And so even though I was overweight when I got to basic training, I was the oldest female. They immediately identified that I could call cadence. Yep. So they would make me go out in front because when you're when you're running, you guys have all seen the movies. They're in a pack. Mm-hmm. They're in a pack and they're running. But there's a person on the outside, usually to the left, and they're keeping the steps. So they're like left, 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 and they're keeping the steps. As soon as they ever heard me sing, mm-hmm. they let me call cadence because if you can't see me, <laughs> you're a, you're a hundred percent sure I'm a, a beautiful African American female. Yep. Because when I call cadence, I'm like yeah, da, 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 and nobody, I'm into it. Nobody ever asked me to sing cadence. I can't. Well, you cannot. I mean, no offense, but you cannot sing. If there was a gun to your head, you could not carry yep. a tune. I, in fact, in all my life, I don't know I've ever heard anybody that sings so badly. <laughs> like you're singing, I love you unconditionally, but when you sing, it hurts my teeth. Yep. Like it, it actually goes. It to my hurts teeth. me. It hurts. Yeah. yeah. Just for the record, it does hurt me. So basic training. Yes. Where did you go? All right, so I was in Fort Jackson, South Carolina, mm-hmm. the armpit of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, went in the summer because I was a reservist. So I was in college. Right. I was in Bible college, okay? So I, my recruiter signed me up as, an, as a reservist because I was going to serve my country, pay for college. It's all bullshit. I'm letting you know right now, people, it's all bullshit. Going to pay for college. Fort Jackson, South Carolina, in the summer. Mm-hmm. In the summer. Mm-hmm. It's hot, but it's not quite Iraq hot. Right. There is that. But it's there are lots of things that are freaking hot. Yeah. So Fort Jackson, South Carolina. I go. I go to basic training, and you and I, right now, we want to share with the people the stories of our experience. Yes. Of getting to basic. So if you've seen the movies, you know that they it's torture. Like, you sign up, and they're all like, thank you for serving our country, and they salute you. Yeah. But once you get on that bus, mm-hmm. so I get on the bus. I think I took a plane from Atlanta. Yeah, because I was in Atlanta. I took a plane to South Carolina. They paid for it all. You arrive with your little manila packet, and it's got all your information in it, and you yep. get off the plane. And they escort you to a bus. Right. And I get on this bus. Nobody at this point is yelling at me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then I get transferred to where they're going to put me to to be sent to basic. So at that point, it's some holding facility. Yeah. Which is the worst. Where all they're doing is like, it's like cattle. Yeah. They're branding you. They're giving you paperwork. They're giving you a number. They they're giving you the haircut. Yep. They're give, they're, if for the men, they're slicing right. the hair off. I had already cut all my hair off because I just knew it was going to be her. I G.I. Jane the hell out of that because I'm mm. like, I'm not being held back. For any, they're not going to look at me and see a ponytail bouncing around like some cheerleader wannabe. Yep. I cut my hair off. <laughs> I G.I. Jane that. Thank you, Demi Moore. I was in it to yep. freaking win it. So we're on the bus. And the drill sergeant comes on. He's got the hat, the brown round hat, and he starts screaming. Beautiful, chiseled, chiseled, looking like a Greek god. Muscles were popping out of his uniform, popping. 
beautiful African-American male. I mean, I was in love with him as soon as he got on the bus, but then he started to yell at me. Mm-hmm. And I was like having flashbacks to my father. But he gets on the bus and he's like, if you all believe in any type of God, you need to pray to him now. Because your life is about to become the living hell. <laughs> and I'm going to make sure that you, by the end of this trip, wish to God you were dead. And, like, he yelled at us the whole trip. He made mm-hmm. us put our head down between our knees like a hostage situation. Yeah. You can't know where you're going because you ain't going to run away. Right. And he Which went was- on... Just oh, around the block. It was just around the block. Yeah. It was so stupid. <laughs> but like, it was, it worked. It was disorienting. But people did try to run. Right. People did try to run from mm-hmm. basic. But you I had a guy try to run. Yeah, I had a guy try to run. He didn't make it very I far. I had like 20 Well, females. actually, they just let him go. Yeah. I mean, because what are they going to do? What are they going to do? You he eventually figured out he didn't know where yeah. he was and came yeah. back. <laughs> but it, the bus ride was crazy. But here's what's insane to me. I told you that story about how he yelled, if you, believe, if, you, if you believe in a God, I don't care who he or she is, you need to pray to him now. Yep. What was your narrative? Exactly the same. Right up until they opened the doors to get us off the bus. Mm. And we had a drill sergeant. I still remember his name. Mm-hmm. Drill Sergeant Love. Love. How was it spelled? L U V. Yep, exactly. Oh my God, that was his real name. Yep. Okay. He was literally jumping over bus seats, yelling at us to get off the bus. So he physically jumped. Yes. People, these are school buses converted into army buses. So if you you remember riding the bus when you were a child, bus seats, but a little bit more crammed in. A little, yeah, we were stuffed right. and in not, like, like not as high seats. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah so this... So he jumped over the seats. This gentleman was jumping over the seats. Did he get in your face? He was getting in everybody's yeah, face. because nobody got my face face until yeah. we got off the bus and we were standing on a tarmac. So I wasn't going to tell you this. I think I told you this story on a previous podcast, but we'll revisit it. I, I wasn't originally going to do it on this podcast, but <laughs> I got off the bus. You know how they lined you all up? hmm And then they started calling off... Like name last names to get everybody split up into right sections, right? And you're O, so you were. I down. waited forever. You waited, and then we got to like, I never heard O. <gasps> we got to like P. Oh God! And I was like, Oh no! But then I'm sitting there thinking, like I psyched myself out, like I was because I remember sitting there thinking because there was still quite a few letters to go through, and I'm like. So did I just miss it? Like, did I black out and just miss my la- my O, my section? Or are they testing me? Were you daydreaming? Because you tend to do that. I mean, who knows at that point? I mean, it was... You a- did not hear O call. No, I heard every letter except for mine. So then I'm like... I don't know how you're alive. We got all the way to the end. And you know how it is in basic training. If you're ever singled out, mm-hmm. you're done. Mm-hmm. You're just done. And like, I'm just sitting there. And the drill sergeants are like, well, we just made it through the whole alphabet. What, What's going on? So then, like, I had all the drill sergeants around me yelling at me about why I wasn't in a section. <laughs> and then did you confess your O for overturn? Yes, of course. And then I they had sent to. you over. Were there any other O's? Oh, of course. Oh, okay. I, I completely missed it. Oh, my it God. It was brutal. I feel those drill sergeants' pain. Because you you miss a lot. Of, I try to talk to you, you miss a lot of stuff. So I feel like I'll talk to you and you'll forget. So uh, I get it. Anyway, we're not going to air our dirty laundry as a couple. But you have a question for me. 
And I wasn't allowed to hear this question, yeah. and it pisses me off. Well, did you have a story you wanted to tell first? No, no. Because okay. So here's my, my question. No, wait, wait, wait. People don't understand. We're seriously staying. We're strict to the rules. We are not talking about this stuff yeah. prior to the podcast because we want it to be authentic. Mm-hmm. We want it to be, as the millennialists say, organic. We want it to be a natural interaction. Right. So all it says on my script is Ben has a question. Mm-hmm. What is the question? So there's for so for those of you who don't know, basic training is a lot of physical training. It's a lot of mental breaking down, mm-hmm. physical breaking down. They break you to build you back up into a soldier. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, actually. This is an interesting question. So my basic training, we were all literally, our sleeping quarters, it was one big bay. Like we all slept in the same area. So there were, especially at the beginning, there were often times when the drill sergeants would just randomly show up yep. and just smoke. They call it smoking us. They middle would smoke of the us. Night. Middle, of, middle the night, of the night. It didn't matter. And you were so tired. Right. It could have been that the drill sergeant had a bad day. I remember one time we somehow, for some reason, we embarrassed the senior drill sergeant. Like when we were out and about with other units that day. And they came in. I mean, they smoked us so bad that day. Wait, pause. Yeah. Civilians don't know what smoking so, means. Yeah, like push-ups, sit-ups, like physical Til you vomit. training. Yeah. Till you vomit. They smoked us so bad that day, there was condensation from our sweat dripping off the walls. And one of the drill sergeants slipped in it. Oh, my God. And you know that moment where, like, there's a silence? Yep. And, like, we just all knew. You can't laugh. We just all knew... It was going to get worse. You can't laugh. And it if did. If they fall or hurt themselves. So here's my question. Yeah. Were you were, were you ever in a situation where you could hide from a smoking? No. Like you weren't in the restroom or anything? No. Hell no. So just me? Here's what... I got smoked. So the main reason I was forced <laughs> to do push-ups. Two things. Mm-hmm. Sarcasm and Mm-mm. my hands. Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah. Okay? When you're Italian, mm-hmm. you talk with your hands. <laughs> when you try to talk to a drill sergeant with your hands, this is what I would get. Are you trying to hit me, soldier? Yep. You trying to punch me in my face, soldier? Yep. You think you're so big? You think you're so mighty? Mm-hmm. You think you're such a badass? Do you want to punch me? And I'm like, no, drill sergeant, this is how I talk. Mm-hmm. Because I would have my hands in front of my body instead of behind my body. Right. I did more push-ups in basic combat training. At one point, a drill sergeant said to me that I did so many push-ups that I pushed South Carolina off the map. (laughs) Off the map. Yep. So we were getting smoked as a group at one point, and it was one of those random ones. And there was a couple of us that were in the restroom when that happened. Mm. And we just Mm -mm. stayed. And I got to tell you, Mm -mm. it was the most terrifying 15 minutes of my life. Well, maybe not the in my entire life, but I was going to say you're married. I remember to me. The, the whole time sitting there, th- like you can't just randomly walk out and then make it worse for everybody. But then we're it's like, what, like what do you do? So wait a minute, let me understand this. Yeah, you were in the latrine, civilians. That means bathroom. Yep. 
and your unit was getting smoked. They yeah. were having to do push-ups or sit-ups yeah, a lot. as a punishment. Yep. When you came out of the latrine, you see them getting smoked. Oh, no. I mean, the latrine, so it was like our bay was like one big, long rectangle. So the entrance and exit was at one end. Yeah. And then the latrines were at the other end. Mine, too. So we were just at, like, behind a wall, basically. So what did you do? I just sat there and waited it out. So you didn't even start pushing or anything, doing push-ups? Not in the bathroom. No, wait, waited it out? You went back in the bathroom? I just stayed in the bathroom. Oh, you weak-ass bitch. I can't can't believe you did that. But then, like, I was thinking the whole time... This is where they came up with the slogan, Army of One. (laughs) We were so pissed off when they went from Be All You Can Be to Army of One. But see, you you guys that stayed in that latrine, Army of One. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. No, I never... I never, and I, I don't. But it was in my defense. It was completely by accident, and I really couldn't figure out like what's, what's the best thing for the rest of the guys. Like, do I walk out in the middle of this and then get singled out again, or do we sit here and wait until the end and it's all done and we probably take a little crap from the guys, which nobody even blamed us. They were like, "Yeah, I would have done the same thing." <laughs> I don't want to make you feel bad. I really don't. Uh-huh. But I, my unit was being smoked when I was excused. To go, I had to go answer a medical question. Mm-hmm. The the nurse had come, and she like had a medical question. Oh, and she pulled me out, and I guess something happened with our unit while I was answering this medical question. Yeah, and I think it was about mom dying young, oh. right? And I came back, and they were getting smoked for some kind of insubordination, mm-hmm. and I just dropped and started doing push-ups. And I remember <laughs> at graduation, my drill sergeant was like. He's like, why the F did you just start doing push-ups? And I'm like, because my whole unit was. And he's like, but Leone, that had nothing to do with you. And I said, eh, all for one, one for all, sir. Uh, you Three were musketeers. A better soldier than me, I, then, I guess. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, Chapman. Hey, Chapman. Pray for me. Pray for me. Hey, when we go. Here we go. Everybody. Everybody. Got to be. Got to be. Fired up. Fired up. Have you heard? Have you heard? The word. Heard the word. They're gonna jump. Gonna jump. From a bird. From a bird. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's all right. It's all right. Do anybody. Anybody. Feel bad. Feel bad. All right. All right. You hear that? In that cadence. That's why I chose it. Shout out to the chaplain's corps. There were few cadents that ever talked about the chaplain's corps because they referred to us as a word I don't use. Yeah. They referred to us as the P word, and Mm -hmm. I don't use that word. I don't like that word. Right. Um, So obviously we're transitioning into... Our advanced individual training. Otherwise known as AIT. AIT, when Mm -hmm. we became chaplain's assistants. So what... Word up! We didn't really talk about this a whole lot, so we're just going to tell some stories. So my funniest story during AIT. So AIT, you're actually given... Like, you're busy, but you're given a little bit more free time. So like the evenings... Like, you can't necessarily leave base. You can't necessarily leave the little training area. But you have some time to yourselves. As long as, like, I mean, you got to get, like, there's tasks. Like you got to clean. You got to, you know, do stuff. But for the most, there are some little bit more leniency, right? Mm-hmm. You're treated a little bit more like an adult at that point. A little a bit. A tiny I would, little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't say. Right. 
Because I had an airborne ranger. But Come on. We, we had this kid that would fall asleep all the time. And it was like, it was after dinner chow. And it might have been like 630 or 1830 in military time. 1830. And he fell asleep. And he fell asleep hard. And we'd all kind of just had, like, we were just done with it. Like, we were just, pardon the pun, but we were tired of it. So we all came up with the idea that we were going to start running around like crazy, like we were late for morning formation, which missing morning formation is probably the most serious offense that you, well, maybe not the most. In but, training. But in training, mm-hmm. like, yeah, you don't miss oh, formations. Done. Yeah, you're done. You miss a formation, you might as well just kiss everything goodbye yeah and you, forget I mean, it you won't get kicked out but they'll recycle you meaning you have to start everything over again and they'll physically harm you right. in terms of push-ups sit-ups <laughs> yeah so we we just all started running around like crazy we started yelling we were throwing things and then we convinced him that it was we missed formation we got to run down really fast and then right it as we were all like basically running out we let him run out by himself and stay in formation <laughs> that didn't exist <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> and, but it got so bad that like so there there is like a charge recorders and so like a sergeant that is part of the u- u- training unit, like he went out and he like yelled at him for a little bit for standing at attention outside, but then came back in and yelled at us for making too much noise. <laughs> oh my god! AIT was interesting for me because just fun fact for everyone. Mm-hmm. Back again, I'm in South Carolina because mm-hmm. Chaplain's Assistant School is located at Fort Jackson in South Carolina. So I actually did my basic at the same place as my advanced training. The Chaplain's Assistant School is adjacent, almost immediately adjacent to the Drill Sergeant School. So what people may not know is you have to go to school. You don't just get to become a drill sergeant because you know how to yell and curse and call people fat. Mm-hmm. You have to go to a school. Right. So we would be in advanced individual training in our chaplain and we had classes. We had classes on religious support. People don't understand. A chaplain's assistant does not get to choose their chaplain. You could have a chaplain that is a Protestant, that is a priest, a Catholic priest, is a Muslim. The army recognizes seven different faith mm-hmm. groups okay or at least at the when we served yeah at it the could time be more they now, might actually recognize more now because mm-hmm. if i believe right when we were transitioning out of the army they recognized the wiccan yeah as a faith mm-hmm. yeah so we when i was in advanced individual training we would be sitting or standing outside in classes and we could look right across the courtyard and see the drill sergeant school. Mm -hmm. And I will never forget, they would line these guys and girls up in front of trees. And in South Carolina, the main tree is the pine tree. Mm -hmm. And they would make these guys yell and curse at trees. And the idea behind it was if you can look at a tree and yell and curse at it, you can dehumanize the idea Mm. that as a drill sergeant, you're yelling and cursing at a human being. Mm -hmm. So when they called me fat and old and and a stupid female, and they used the P word, okay? I don't like the P word, but for those of you that don't understand what I'm saying, they used the word Mm P-U-S-S-Y, calling us... 
which is ironic because it's the strongest organ in the world. It delivers babies, which men cannot do. Um, it, it, so to call peop, somebody a pussy, it's really so stupid because it, it is an extreme. I like how you took the time out to spell, spell out the it, word. And then I, well, because I have to say it because I'm so, I'm so pissed off recalling this. But during my AIT, you got to understand, I had taken a year off to go to Bible college. So I go to advanced individual training. Now I've gained a little weight. I've not been running as much. And these drill sergeants at every turn are calling me fat, right? Mm -hmm. Every run, fat, 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 fat was the word. Just torturing me. But the funniest thing was like at drill sergeant school, they would make them run to and from everywhere. Just like, wasn't air assault school like that? When you did air assault, did you have to run to your meals, run to your yeah. barracks? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for drill sergeant school, they couldn't just walk to go get a meal. They had to run. Right. And I remember this one day I was having chow, which only lasted four minutes. You had to swallow your food. You had to eat it as fast as you possibly could. You had to swallow it. You had to drink liquid. And the whole time someone's behind you saying, you're fat, you're fat, you're disgusting. I remember just this one time I was able to talk to a drill sergeant in training. And I'm mm -hmm. like, dude, why do they make you yell at trees? And he's like, listen, they make us yell at trees so that we stop seeing people as people. Mm -hmm. And it was so surreal to me to see them yelling at trees because, like, I grew up with a father who yelled at us mm -hmm. for like boiling, having water overflow in the in the pot. So, like, these guys are being trained to yell and scream and curse at trees. It mm -hmm. was crazy. Mm -hmm. What about AIT for you? What happened? Like, what's a story you remember from Chaplain's Assistant School? Besides the making the kid think we were late. Yeah. Did you like Chaplain's Assistant School? Yeah, I thought it was okay. Wasn't um, it cool how we had to set up all the mock communions yeah. for all the different denominations? Mm -hmm. And you were tested on, did you get it right for the Catholics? Yep. Did you get it right for the Protestants? Did mm -hmm. you get it right for the... Well, Muslims don't really observe that holiday, but right. we still had to set up yep. a service For each denomination, for yeah. For each denomination, yeah. I had a battle buddy that... Um, he would fall asleep with his eyes open. That's eerie. So then, and a lot of times in training, like they'll tell you, like if you if you're going to fall asleep, like stand up, it's okay. Like nobody mm -hmm. would ever shame you for for going and stepping in to the, the side school, and standing up. When we what what you guys don't understand is if we were in the classroom environment, right? They because they sleep <clears throat> deprivation was part of the training, right? So they would say, if you're going to fall asleep, we get it, but you have to stand up and go to the back of the room. Yeah, but. He would fall asleep standing up with his eyes open. That's so eerie. It was super eerie. Oh, creepy. Mm -hmm. Creepy. Yep. So what did you do with that guy? Well, it took me forever to figure out, like, because he would just kind of zone out. And I, I just kind of learned, like, I'd look over and be like, oh, he's totally fast asleep right now. Another thing that civilians don't understand is if you have a buddy that's falling short. Yep. They will make you pay for it. Mm -hmm. And that's all within the buddy system to teach right. you that if your buddy is falling short, mm -hmm. he could cost somebody their life. Yep. So I paid many penance in basic combat training for one of my friends that I was the most closest to. Mm -hmm. So, like, she left her locker unsecured. 
Right. They beat the shit out of me for that. You know, is it going? I mean, we're kind of jumping back. A little I know. Bit. I'm sorry. We're no, no, going no. Back. But yeah. So basically, it reminded me. So we had some drill sergeants that basically, like, they told us stop eating dessert. Oh, I wasn't allowed dessert because I was fat. So every I, time one yeah. of us would grab a dessert, they nope. would smoke all of us. Yep. And then, like, the majority of us stopped getting dessert because we were tired of doing push-ups for it. But the army would serve dessert. Yeah. It was all And the test. cooks would encourage you to take it. Mm-hmm. And, but we had two or three guys that just refused to stop. Getting dessert. Getting dessert. Yep, we and did we, too. we would get smoked for those two or three guys every meal. We did too. And then finally, we, we all just kind of, it was like a group decision. We're like, fine, like, we're just all going to get dessert. And they yep. stopped smoking us. Once you all band together, right. because what they were looking for was you all to unify in that plan, mm-hmm. even though that plan deviated from what they want. They, we were told, quite frankly, you females are fat. You mm. do not get dessert. Yeah. If you pick dessert, you're going to pay for it. And I was like, I was mad because I was starving all the time. Oh, we were hungry yep. all the time. Yep. So that takes us into where we met. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, how we met. But we're going to take a quick break, right? Yeah. We're okay. Gonna, because this next segment on how we met is, like, so intense that I, yeah, we better, we better take a <laughs> and allow for commercials to try to sell some people to join the United... No, I'm just kidding. That's... <laughs> the commercial's not a... <laughs> be all that you can be! No, that's that's not the commercial. That's not the commercial. <laughs> all right, so we're going to take... We're going to take a break. A yeah. legitimate break. A legitimate break. A legitimate break. All righty. Oh, 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 Clyde, it's over there just rocking out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so now let's go to where you and I met. Our Roger. origin story, if you Roger will. Dodger. So we met in 
Kuwait. A little place we call Kuwait. I deployed from Germany. I deployed from Pennsylvania. Yep. And, like, I want to say day one. So I we were both working out of the same chapel. And somebody from another unit came in to borrow the lectern. And you were giving them such a hard time. Explain what a lectern is. No, it wasn't a um, pulpit. pulpit. Yeah, basically. But it's like, a stand. It's a, a, yeah. it's a music it's stand. It is. Yeah, it's just, they call it a lectern. Because they think they're all being high speed. It's a lectern. Yeah. It's a music stand. Right. And I basically pulled rank and told you to give the lectern out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I immediately did not like you. Yeah. Immediately. Like right. it wasn't do not pass go, do not collect $200. It was the minute you walked in the chapel, <laughs> I wanted nothing to do with you. Right. However, the other female chaplain's assistant in the chapel was like, he's so kind. He's so loving. He has such a warm presence. And I was like, yeah, I don't care. I don't like him, and I don't want him in here. Yeah, you pretty much hate it. I mean, in some degree, rightfully so. So you and I were well, the because same. because you were an arrogant You and I ass. were the same rank. But meaning you outranked me. Right. We had the same rank on our shoulders. E5, and sergeant. In, in the Army, if you really want to be a big douche, you can pull out time and grade. But see, here's the and thing, s- though. You went to the actual school. To yeah, become but that, a sergeant, they only grant they grandfathered me yeah. in to become a sergeant because we were going to war. So right. I hadn't gone to sergeant school yet. Yeah, I was. But slotted. somehow I also just there is something in me that knew that my time and grade was slightly longer than yours, and I pulled it. Yeah, you right. outranked me Which, by like the it, joke is fifteen frankly, minutes. I mean, we were both sergeants, mm-hmm. so like. It was it was a real big douche move on my part. Mm-hmm. Like when you do that in the military, you might be correct, but, but you're an idiot. You're also yeah. a big a hole for doing it. So every time you came into the chapel at Kuwait and yeah. you would need something, <laughs> I would intentionally <laughs> pretend like I didn't have it. So it would be like sitting right behind me. So I want you guys to picture this. Pretend that somebody comes in and asks you to borrow your car and you're standing in front of your vehicle and you're going, I don't have my car. Yep. That's what I would do. Mm-hmm. So I would intentionally position myself. So if you came in, you're like, hey, <laughs> Sergeant Leone, my chaplain needs wafers for communion. I would be holding a pack of wafers and I'd be like, yeah, we don't have any. Right. Because I did not like, I could not stand so what- you. So I've actually been thinking about this recently. What changed? Because obviously something changed because you and I have been married for almost 16 years. But I still struggle to stand you sometimes. <laughs> that's, that's not changed. Sometimes I still can't stand you. But, but what, we became really good friends. No, we, became, we were volunteering to go on missions together. All right. What people don't understand, namely your family, is let's do a little background story. Ben Overturf was married to another person when I met him in Kuwait. And he was very devoted to his marriage. He was very devoted to his wife because he was a very devout Christian man. He would only allow himself to form friendships with females whom he knew were not going to try to injure his marriage. There was something within you that sensed that I was honoring the fact that you were married. Something within me sensed 
if I could befriend Sergeant Overturf, I will be safe as a female mm. because I was working around a lot of males who all they wanted to do was mess around. Right. And the only way I could get any attention was if I was going to go that route. Mm -hmm. So the females within my unit, the only attention they gathered was sexual attention. Mm -hmm. And when you're in a war and you're waiting to go on missions or you're waiting for just day to day go by, I understand why people got bored. Right. I understand why people turn to their <clears throat> temptations, me. you know. But I immediately identified that you and the other male that was our friend, Casey, were safe people to hang out with. Mm -hmm. And so once I got past not being able to stand you because you kept pulling rank on me, <laughs> I realized this guy's a good dude. He loves his wife. He's devout. And I'm safe. Mm -hmm. He's never going to try to take advantage of me. He's never going to hurt me. He's never going to sexually assault me, which was a big thing. Right. So that is what changed, was mm -hmm. knowing that you were safe. Because yeah. at that point, you were spoken for. Right. And me, as a, also a devout person at the time, respected that you were spoken for and would never have it move past friendship and camaraderie. Right. So we had camaraderie because we were both chaplain's assistants. So I, after I stopped, you know, once I got past myself and I was like, because the other chaplain's assistants were like, he's such a good dude. He's so kind. He's so gentle. And I'm like, okay, I can trust <laughs> this guy. So then you and I started to bond and right. we started to mm -hmm. go... We started a volunteer for missions together. Yeah. So one of those being, <laughs> so we were, so Kuwait was a dry country, meaning that alcohol was not permitted. Although based on a lot of the drivers around, they were getting alcohol somewhere. But we would get shipments of wine for communion. To perform communion. And one of those missions, we went to get our big shipment of, of wine. Huge shipment. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Are you choking? Are you all right? I think I'll be okay. Okay. Um, and we, it was just kind of one of those days. We both just kind of, we were done. We were we were burnt out. We yeah. wanted to go home. Right. All I wanted to do was go home <laughs> to my family But in I Halifax. remember we're loading up this, this SUV the back of it full of boxes of wine and I'm stacking them in super gently and so stacking gently. them up all perfect. So gently because it's all glass. And then you started grabbing boxes and just throw like you were literally throwing, throwing them into the back because of the I, SUV. I, it was, <laughs> and I remember turning to you like mid throw and I'm like Sergeant I think these are wine bottles they're breakable and you let yeah. go of the box Mm -hmm. And he, we both just heard this crunch. <laughs> because I didn't care. I was so pissed off that we were still there. I yep. was so pissed off that 20 times we had been told we were going home. Mm -hmm. 20 times we didn't go home. And now we're made to go and do all this physical labor in 147 degrees and load these boxes of wine for yep. these chaplains who treat us like complete garbage. Mm -hmm. And I was just chucking that wine right in the back of the SOV and all of a sudden we heard... Like a really, like, you know, you guys all know what it sounds like when you're sitting in a restaurant and somebody drops a dish and everybody applauds, yep. you know? We heard a crack, a really loud crack, <laughs> and then I saw this red fluid start to bleed out of all these white boxes. Yep. I had broke the wine. Yep. And I didn't give you a didn't rat's care. butt. Yep. I was like, I want to go home. But you were like, we need to be careful with this because the chaplains need the wine. I'm like, I don't give a hoop, you know. Mm -hmm. 
That was a fun time when you and I went on that <laughs> mission and we were friends. That was funny. But the biggest mission, the, the coolest thing, you and I volunteered. So they were looking for... Vo- All right. So when you're deployed in, in a war, you mm-hmm. still get leave. Right. You still get time off. Yeah. So you can be deployed in a war and you still get vacation. Right. And they were looking for two Which volunteers. Was, is, during a war is super important. It's like super it's important to keeps get leave. Going. My leave happened over Thanksgiving. Nice. And you want to talk about a mind F? A mind F? I came home to Pennsylvania mm-hmm. where there's literal Christmas hymns written about Pennsylvania and some homemade pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. I came home to leave during Thanksgiving and had to get back on a plane and go back to a war. Mm-hmm. My family in Halifax, they said to me, my cousin Cheryl, I will even put up the Christmas tree for you. I'm going to get emotional. Mm-hmm. Like, this is supposed to be a comedy, but I'm going to get emotional. So, you and I. We find out they're looking for two chaplain's assistants to physically escort a chaplain to the airport. Now, what people don't understand is we're in Kuwait, but the route to the airport was very, very dangerous. There had been multiple convoys blown up by IEDs in route to the airport because the enemy at the time knew that we were transporting soldiers to and from airports to go on leave. Right. They asked for volunteers, and all the big boys, who were supposed to be the only ones that were awesome to be in the military, said, pissed on themselves and said, we're not taking a mission to the airport. So Sergeant Overturf and Sergeant Leone, like crazy people, say... No, but tell them... Tell them what the real reason is why we did it. We volunteered for the mission <laughs> to drive a chaplain with our weapons at the ready. Yep. A, a bullets locked, loaded, cocked, rocked, ready to rock in the chamber. Yep. Because we knew when we got to the Kuwait airport, we were going to get Cinnabon. <laughs> <laughs> and we did. <laughs> and we did. So Ben and I got together and we were like... If we take this mission, yep. it's highly dangerous. Yep. And there's a chance we're going to get killed. But, dude, Cinnabon. Yep. If we get to the airport and, and if we there's live, not a bigger advertisement for Cinnabon. Cinnabon. I don't know. Like, you, Cinnabon, you need to reach out to us right now. If you are listening right now, Cinnabon, yep. you need to understand we <laughs> risked our freaking lives to eat your Cinnabon. Yep. And he's lowering the mic <laughs> because I'm getting so freaking animated. No, Ben and I had a talk and we're like, if we volunteer for this mission, yep. all right, and we live, if we don't get blown up by an IED on the way to the airport. Right. Once we get to the airport and we drop off Chaplain Who's a Mutza, What's a, yep. I don't even remember his name. Yep. He was an asshole anyway. The whole way to the thing, he was scared to death we were going to get shot. And we're like, so are we, sir. So are we. Yep. But we're escorting you to the airport so you can go home to your six kids and your wife. Yep. So shut the up. Yep. Let us just get you to the airport. Shut the up. So we can get our Cinnabon. So we can get our Cinnabon. So we successfully drop him off at the airport, and he's got his little overnight bag, and he's so excited. He gets into the airport safe. Nobody has died. We haven't been shot at. No IEDs. And we're like, Cinnabon. Cinnabon. 
But isn't that the life of a soldier? Like, you learn to, like, find little moments like that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. really enjoy it. Yes. So, little yeah, we, like, it was a risk, but we also, risk. someone had to do it. But there was a reward. Right. And so, to this day, and I need Cinnabon to freaking understand, <laughs> like, Cinnabon, we risked our lives to get that sweet cinnamon roll with that cream cheese frosting. To this day, when I make cinnamon rolls on a Sunday morning for you and I, and yep. there is, Pillsbury has the Cinnabon mm-hmm, brand, mm-hmm. I will make those Cinnabons and I will think to myself, I risked my effing life so that you, can, uh, you and I could eat 750 calories. Yep. And they were the best friggin' Cinnabons I've ever had in my life. And then we had to... This is what people don't understand. We ate our Cinnabon. Oh, yep. yes, we did. But then we, oh, had, yes, we, did. we had to make it back. But we had to drive back in an unmarked SUV, M16s, at the ready, yep. locked, cocked, ready to rock, yep. waiting to be blown to shimmering. And all I thought to myself was, <laughs> if we get killed on the way back from the airport... They're going to do the autopsy, yep. and they're going to, and when they do the thing on the stomach contents, it's just going to say Cinnabon. Yep. So these soldiers were killed. Because I'm pretty sure we, we bought Cinnabons. two each. No, we ate. A, I, we were underweight. We were malnourished. Yeah, totally. We ate those Cinnabons like it was our job. Yeah. I want to make the joke. We ate those Cinnabons like we were going to the chair. But we were going to the chair <laughs> because once we left the airport, we had to then drive back to the camp. Which is two of us in the car, M16s at the ready, ready Mm -hmm. to be blown away for Cinnabon. Yeah. Yeah, so next time, people, you eat your cinnamon roll, I want you to think about the lives that were risked to eat that Cinnabon. But anyway, that was an awesome mission. And we really bonded as friends. We really seriously bonded as friends during that mission. Mm -hmm. And it was so cool, too, because we we didn't have to wear our uniforms. Remember? We oh, were, yeah. Mm-hmm. We were in civilian clothes. Yeah, to try to blend in. <laughs> blend in. To blend in, yeah. We're two white Americans in, an es- in a in a freaking minivan with Cinnabon frosting on our face. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, we belong here in Iraq. Yeah. But it was awesome. We did. And then I want to share another story that you don't know that I was going to share, share. But one of my birthdays happened while you and I were friends. And mm-hmm. we were friends with Casey. And we were all buddies. So it was like I was the girl, but it didn't matter. It was me and you two dudes, but you made me an honorary dude. And I didn't, it didn't matter. But I had said to you that if I live through the war, Mm -hmm. if I survive the war and my family doesn't get word that I was killed in combat, I was going to buy a Mustang. So do you remember what you and Casey bought me for my birthday? Yeah. What did you buy me? I literally just fly, we bought you a little, uh, Matchbox Mustang. A Matchbox yeah. Mustang. So they went to the makeshift commissary. So in war, you still have commissary, but it's a tent. And it has stuff like T-shirts, mm-hmm. socks, underwear, bras, Snickers bars, Twizzlers, Pop-Tarts. And they had, for some odd reason, they yep. had Matchbox cars, those tiny miniature cars. Mm-hmm. You and Casey bought me a tiny Matchbox car and for some reason, this makeshift commissary had J-Lo's perfume. Remember? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. J-Lo's perfume glow. Mm-hmm. And you and Casey bought me a bottle of perfume. And to this day, married 
all this time when I pull out the J-Lo, because I still have J-Lo, but you do need to get me a new bottle of that because I, <laughs> I, am I am almost out. Okay. Whenever I spray that perfume on me, mm-hmm. you always say to me, you always compliment me because I think it, it, it causes a reaction for you because back when we were just friends, completely mm-hmm. platonic, no flirting, because you were such a gentleman, so admirable. I mean, people, he used to wait in a line two and a half hours to call his wife. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, because I was a person of faith then, dear Heavenly Father, I would pray every night, send me a man like Ben Overturf that will stand in a line for two and a half hours to talk to his wife. Mm-hmm. And what people don't understand is years later, the, your marriage dissolved, and you ended that marriage, and I was your your friend. Mm-hmm. I got you through it. And at that point, I had a little bit of training as a therapist. Right. Because at that point, when you go through the divorce, I'm learning how to be a therapist. Right. And I'm like trying to advise you. And I'll never forget people. In Germany, he's going through the divorce. I'm on the phone. He's paying $3,000 a month for a phone bill because back then, you still had to pay long distance. Mm-hmm. You didn't have a plan, an international right. plan. And the divorce is coming to an end. He, you know, she's left, and he's brokenhearted, and he's devastated. Right. And I tell him because I learned this intervention, you know, in college. Because you know, when you're in college, to become a therapist, they teach you all this stuff, and you think you're going to change the world. It's all bullshit. You know, you think you're going to walk into houses, and everyone's going to be happy to see you. Yeah. You know? And I said to Ben on the phone, I'm like, you need to break the dishes that you had when you were married. Yeah, I did it too. And you shattered those dishes. Yep. Yep, you shattered them. And as his buddy on the other end of the phone, I was like rooting him on, you yep. know, like, go, Sergeant Overture. So go, Sergeant Overture. Funny story about that, too. What? So it was on base housing that I, I broke all those dishes in. And, I mean, Wait, folks. pause, because, see, honey, again, you're forgetting. What? Civilians don't understand. Define what you, you were able to rent a flat in Germany. Yeah, but that was off post. Oh, when you broke the dishes, you were on base. On base, like in an okay. apartment building on base. Ran That's right. I'm sorry. I forget. By I the forgot. Army. You were right. married. Yeah. So <laughs> at the end, so you have to, like, when you're signing out of that unit, you know, a government person has to come through and Check inspect it. Check the unit it. for cleanliness. And, I mean, I, I cleaned that place so good. Mm-hmm. But I never once pulled out the oven or the stove. The and fridge. He, he the pulled fridge. the stove out, mm-hmm. and there was dishes like broken shrapnel. Yeah, underneath it, and he broke. looked at me with like he just kind of looked at me, and I was like divorce. <laughs> and uh, he looked right back at me and shoved the the oven back in and signed the paper and left. <laughs> you really said divorce. That's all. I, that's all yeah. I said, and he didn't say he didn't ask a question. He didn't say anything to my response. That's awesome. <laughs> signed the paperwork. And he left. just signed the paper. He was like, "This poor dude went through a divorce." But that's really what like propelled our friendship mm-hmm. where it escalated yep. because once I talked again, platonic, platonic. Mm-hmm. Once you went through the divorce, I was just there for you, trying to like advise you from my. 15 minutes of education as a marriage and family therapist like you need to try this and you need to try that and then you know you know fast forward months later months after the divorce where Mm -hmm. you invite me to visit right as your battle buddy as Mm -hmm. just friends yep and and you fly me over to germany and as soon as we got off that plane and we looked at each other we We were like yeah we're in love right we're in love 
But, but it was completely platonic for years and years and years. And it started out with, like, people think we're joking. Right. How much did I not like you? Oh, you hated me. Oh, I couldn't stand you. But you, you missed a question. Oh, Shiza. I think Which is German for shit, right? <laughs> what does Shiza mean again? Yeah, you got yeah. it. It's shit. Got it in one. Yeah. So what was your... You had a question from earlier. I was curious to know... I never got the question. So I, I wrote down a question about when you were at advanced individual training, when we were at chaplain, we weren't together, but when you went to chaplain's assistant school, mm-hmm. did anything ever happen? Was there anything ever said by a drill sergeant that made you laugh and you got in trouble for laughing? No. Never? Never. And did you ever laugh at chaplain's assistant school? On, on our off time. But never in front I was, of a drill sergeant. I was a very serious soldier. But you never laughed in front of a drill sergeant? No. Even when they... What names did they call... Because they called me fat because I, yeah. was, over, I was overweight at AIT. What Did they call you maggot, piece of shit? Oh, yeah, of stuff? course. Okay. You never laughed? No. Never? No. Okay. But here's how terrified I was of the drill sergeants. During basic on... Wait, say that word again. During? During... Do you guys hear how he says that? Anyway. Deering. So we were... Deering. Why do you say it like that? Uh, it's just the way I say it. All right. Say it again. Deering. Deering. Okay. It, but how it's do you during. say it? Okay. During. Okay. During. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. We were on a firing range. Oh, God. So part of that is you have to go down and check your target. Mm-hmm. While I was going to check... No. While I was waiting to <laughs> fire, I had a black widow spider crawl across my hand. <laughs> And I was so terrified of the drill sergeants that I, I didn't move, which probably saved my life. But it came, I thought it crawled away. It crawled into my M16 mm. and came out again while we were walking down the range. A black widow yes. crawled onto your so that's, weapon. But think about that, though. Like, I'm so terrified of the drill sergeants. <gasps> That I, I didn't freak out because a black widow, a very dangerous Which spider could kill you. in one bite, was crawling on me. So in essence, you were more scared of the drills yes. than a black yes. widow spider. So I never laughed at a drill sergeant. Did you? Oh, my God, yes. Oh, oh, oh. I Just quickly, I will never forget. <laughs> when I went to basic training, I had a full Bible. The International Version Bible and uh-huh. have my name on it. Clydet E. Leone. Stamped. Oh, this yeah. You had the her, fancy one. This is her Bible. Mm-hmm. Right? And they pull us off the bus. And they start dumping out our rucksacks, which is that huge green bag you guys have seen in the movies. Yep. Where whenever it's a soldier in the movie, he's got this big green bag. I love how bag. you're, like... I'm Describing doing, it with your hands with, and nobody can I'm see Italian. you. Because I'm Italian. What the hell am I going to do? I have to use my hands. Please continue. And I had this rucksack. <laughs> they dumped it out and out plops this NIV yep. that I had spent my whole life teaching from, preaching from, consoling people. Yep. And it falls onto the ground. And we were literally on a tarmac. We yep. were on an airport tarmac yep. when they got us off the bus. And this big, beautiful, just chiseled Greek god, black drill sergeant, beautiful. He takes my Bible and he punts it down. (laughs) He drops it on his foot and he kicks it down the tarmac. 
And he goes, there's no God where you're going. Wow. And And that made you laugh? That made me laugh so hard because here's the thing. (laughs) When you're raised in trauma by a person who yells and screams. So when I came out of the womb, Mm -hmm. my first memory of my father is screaming, yelling, and cursing. When I was four years old, he took this tiny little piano I had that I used to love to play on, and he threw it through a glass door. Mm -hmm. You cannot phase me (laughs) when I get to basic training and you kick my bottle. Your Bible. Bible, Excuse me. You were not raised by Nick Leone. So what what was his reaction to you laughing? So once he punts it, he kicks it. Yeah. He kicks it, and I I couldn't stop it. Like, you know that laugh you get at the worst times, like at a funeral yeah. or during Sunday service, and you can't stop laughing. <laughs> like, you're laughing so hard, you're crying. And he's like, what the F are you laughing at, soldier? And I'm like, I just, I just can't believe you just did that. Like, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> and he looked, he got right in my face, and his brown hat was pecking my forehead just chopping yeah. at my forehead that big brown rimmed right. hat yep. and he's hitting me in my forehead and he's like you need to stop laughing this is no joke <laughs> and the more he said it was no joke the more i started laughing but what's really cool about him is when he was going down the line yeah he was making your mama jokes mm. your mama's so fat yeah your mama's so stupid and when he got to me I was so traumatized because <laughs> my mom had just died yeah. that he got to me and he said, your mama, and I cut him off and I said, is dead, drill sergeant, is dead. <laughs> and his face went totally blank. Yeah. Okay. Graduation day, they come by to pin you. Yeah. And they put the brass on your lapel and they hit you. Yep. They hit you hard. Mm-hmm. And he came back, this big beautiful strong black man and he goes to pin my brass on me and he goes sergeant leone that first day that first oh, day oh you were a sergeant then already no wow. i'm so sorry i said Impressive. sorry i just i just promoted myself <laughs> she's I also promote, giving me the full I'm military the hand full right military now <laughs> hand. i was a specialist i'm so sorry i was not a sergeant till the war he he put his hand in front of me and he's like he goes special leone that day that day that you got off the bus and I told you that your mama joke. And you said your mama was dead. I had to turn around. And I remember he turned around. Because yeah. I was in formation. He turned around. He goes, I started crying. I left that formation. I went and I called my mama. <laughs> and I told my mama I loved her so much. And I was so sorry for all the things I did. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm glad that you called your mama. But, but I made him, he was so yeah. upset because I literally didn't know what to say when he said, your mama is so, because he was going down the line, fat, right. stupid, smart, and he got to me, and I'm just like, my mama is dead. And he just, he didn't know. It broke him. Yeah. It broke him. Yeah. I had so many I can't imagine times. that Drills are just really knew what to do with you. No, because of the sarcasm. Yeah. I, w- I never, like... When I was deploying, everybody told me, when I, meaning deploying to basic combat training, don't be funny. Blend, <laughs> blend in. Right. Don't talk. Don't make jokes. And please, by all means, do not 
use your hands yeah. to talk. Yeah. And I went to basic training. I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to be funny. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be sarcastic. And as soon as I got off that bus, <laughs> I couldn't help it. It was innately me. Yep. It was innately me. Yeah. Just like the time that I witnessed you getting in trouble in Kuwait with your chaplain. Oh, yeah. And I was making fun of your chaplain standing behind her, yep. trying to make you laugh. She was yelling at you. She was laying into you. Yep. And I was trying to make you laugh. And I didn't do I it. didn't know any other way to cope. Right. Whether it was basic or advanced training or Iraq, mm. the only way I could cope was humor. Yep. And that's kind of why we wanted to do this podcast was to like show like... All that we've been through in our marriage, the loss, losing, you know, having babies die in my womb, Mm -hmm. doing IVF, my suicidal, the times that I was suicidal and I was like praying every day, you know, let me stay alive one more day. Humor is what brought us through it all. Yep. And that is why we decided to do this podcast was we wanted other people to hear that like you can have a marriage and it's going to suffer. You're gonna can't. You're gonna hate each other. Mm-hmm. You're gonna struggle. You're gonna look across the room and you're gonna be like, "I just want to kill this dude." But humor is what's kept our marriage going, and humor is what keeps you. It, it makes you strong. It, mm-hmm. it you can survive anything, because if you can survive, people do not understand. They think they understand what basic training is because yeah. they watched a stupid ass movie. Right. But until someone is calling you fat for twelve minutes. Mm-hmm fat for 12 minutes running laps right to make the time you don't understand when someone calls you a maggot a piece of shit a pussy you have no idea like you think you've been through stuff right wait until a stranger calls you worthless right and tells you and i was just like wow you sound just like my father i've had customers like all flat out yell at me for especially during covid oh dear like for During COVID, you got reasons. spit on. Right. Like, I've had Starbucks. customers, like, yell at me for minutes on minutes on minutes. And I'll have employees walk up to me afterwards, like, are you okay? And I'm like, what? Because, like, of course I'm okay. I know. But then they're even more, like, how are you not bothered by this? I'm like, because they're just words. People cannot imagine. Right. Like, you would come home and tell me what customers would do to you. Yeah. Like, you guys have no idea. When Ben, when COVID first happened and Ben was still managing a star, a store in Starbucks, when he would tell them, if you don't wear your mask in the store, I could get shut down. They would spit on him. Yeah. They would throw stuff at you. Yeah. But in the long run, you would think to yourself, this is nothing. Right. It's nothing. Compared to what the United States Army did to me. Right. But in closing, we need to, we need to say one thing. Why did we survive a war? Because of our training. Because of our training. And not to say that people that didn't survive weren't less trained. But No, but what we're saying is yeah. the mental anguish mm-hmm. of being deployed and right. being put into Iraq in those temperatures, mm-hmm. waiting every single day wondering if you were going to die, the training... The, the sleep deprivation, the food deprivation. In basic training, you think you're going to get chow at noon. They would randomly come in and tell you you're not eating. Right. And they would take you to chow at 2. Right. Right. At 2 p.m. for you civilians. That wasn't what it was for us, but it was 2 p.m. Sleep deprivation, food deprivation, name calling. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you. 
back in 2000, they pushed us around. Mm -hmm. They knocked us down. Yep. They made us vomit. Mm -hmm. They would make us chug water till we threw up. Yep. But why did that all pay off? Because when we got to Iraq and it was uncomfortable and it was hot and it was scary and it was stressful, Mm -hmm. our training kicked in. Right. And that's what people don't understand. Like when I face these people today and they can't handle an eight-hour work shift. Right. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like try taking try taking your your little precious lunch away. Yep. Or your little your sleep. You know, what did the army used to say? How many hours of sleep do we need? Oh man. So I'm going to tell you the regulation. And I'm going to also tell you the easiest way to really anger a soldier. So the regulation states for every 24-hour period you're a soldier is required to have four hours of sleep. Four hours. Now, people. if you ever really want to make a soldier angry, mm-hmm. I mean like angry, pull out that regulation. <laughs> yeah. Four hours. Yeah. So all these self-care tips, we need eight hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. Eight hours of sleep to make sure that you're not getting wrinkles and you're awesome. You're awesome at work. Yep. Four hours. And I'm going to be honest with you. When we were deployed, if you got four hours, that was an effing vacation. Right. There were times when I was attached to the Marine Corps, we slept in two-hour intervals. Right. And I'm not saying all this, oh, woe is me, give us a medal. I'm just saying, like, the endurance part of it Mm -hmm. is how we've gotten through everything we have in our marriage. Right. Because people don't understand. You know, a lot of people look at our marriage and they're like rainbows and butterflies. No. There was there were times you and I grew apart. There mm-hmm. were times you and I couldn't stand each other. There were times we thought about like we had a, you know emotional connections with other people that could have hurt our marriage. We went through a lot of stuff in our marriage. And what people don't understand is what tied us together was not only our humor, but it was what we endured in the military because right. we knew we could get through anything. Right. And the troubles that come across in a committed relationship you know, people always look at us and they're like, oh, they're so sweet. They're so romantic. Mm-hmm. They love each other. And they don't have children, so they get to be super romantic. <laughs> no. We've been through so much stuff, yep. like, as a couple. But that's why we want to do this podcast. It's right. like, we want other people to know, like, you know, it's not always rainbows and butterflies. But as Maroon 5 says, it's compromise that moves us along. Mm-hmm. And that's what saved us. Right. So I guess this is the perfect way to say, what the heck are we grateful for? Yeah. What the heck are we, heck, capital H-E-C-K. Because I have to keep my cursing down. Right. Because if I don't keep my cursing down, we have to do a whole nother, what's what's the thing? So for podcasts, we have to fall under another thing if I curse too much, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm really trying to not curse. You're doing good. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. But I did say some, you know, bad words. But... Ben Nathaniel, for those of you that don't know, his name is Ben Nathaniel. It's not Benjamin. Ben Nathaniel Overturf, formerly known as Sergeant Overturf. <laughs> what the heck are you grateful for? I'm, I'm grateful for my time in the military. Mm. Expand. It changed, it changed my life. How so? It, it got me away from my, my living situation. I, it gave me a purpose. It gave me a path. It gave me 
I mean, it gave me who I am today. Discipline. And it gave me you. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Without Army, there's no world in which Ben and Clyde at me. Right. E-Harmony wasn't going to be able to hook us up. Across an ocean. Across an ocean. Right. Um, is there anything else you're grateful for? Is that... That's I mean, my that's grateful. beautiful. Okay. Mm-hmm. I am grateful. And I don't mean to, you know, go sad here. Mm-hmm. But I would like to say I'm grateful that in 2004... When I got to come home from the Iraq conflict, mm-hmm. I got to ride in the top of the plane mm. instead of the bottom of the plane. Because on the flight that we came home on, there were soldiers in coffins wrapped in American flags in the bottom of the plane. Mm. So I am grateful, even though that was the hardest one of the hardest times of my life, but I do beg to differ. I think people need to understand. Iraq was hard, but it was nothing compared to when you and I went through the infertility. Right. But I'm grateful that we, I came home and I was in the top of the plane. I was breathing air into my lungs. I was tasting pretzels on the plane. Mm-hmm. I was in a uniform that had needed to be washed, that hadn't been washed in 20-something days. I had my weapon in my lap, but I was sitting in a commercial airplane, mm-hmm. American Airlines, mm-hmm. and I was on the top of the plane. Yep. And there were people, people that died in combat mm-hmm. in the bottom of the plane. Yep. And I'm grateful because in no other world will I have met you besides the United States Army and a deployment to Iraq. In no other world can Ben and Clyda intersect. No other world. You were in Germany. I was in Pennsylvania. You were married when we first met. I was alone and depressed and desperate. Yep. Um, I'm grateful for the United States Army. And although we have our issues with Mm -hmm. how the Army's been used Mm -hmm. as pawns, we are grateful for our service. Right. And to those of you out there who have served... We salute you. Mm-hmm. We lift you up. Yep. We praise you. Always. We affirm you. Mm-hmm. Whether you are served for an, a year or 27 years, we salute you. Mm-hmm. And we want to say happy Veterans Day right. to all those who wore the uniform, who served, who gave everything up. Yep. And we, we love you, veterans. Yes. So as we put this play in the background, speaking of thanking veterans, this is a conversation you and I have had multiple times mm-hmm. because we don't always know how to respond to being thanked. That's right. What's your advice to the, the normal civilian out there that just wants to show their appreciation to a, a veteran? When you want to thank a veteran, especially women, please understand. Please understand that women are not thanked because they're often confused for their father or their husband's service when they wear the hat, when they wear the t-shirt, when they have the license plate. When you see a veteran, just say thank you for your service. Yep. And we're going to try. We don't know what to say back. Right. But we're going to Ben and I have decided to start saying What have we decided? We saw on a TV it show. It was our honor. It was our honor. Yep. So we thank you, we salute you, but please understand when you thank a veteran, they might not know what to say. But that doesn't mean that it's not appreciated. But it's appreciated. So this Veterans Day, thank a veteran. Thank a veteran.
Feeling good. Ten miles. Looking good. Looking good. Everybody. Everybody. Looking good. Looking good. Gonna rock. Hollywood. Hollywood. Looking good. Looking good. Gonna jump. Gonna jump. From the moon. From the moon. PT. PT. So good. So good. I can do it. I can do it. I can run. I can run. All day. All day. All night, lean to me, fit to fight, fit to fight, driving on, driving on, airborne, airborne, driving on, driving on, motivated, motivated, driving on, driving on, sound off, sound off, everybody, everybody, gonna rock, gonna rock, to the song, to the song, hey ma, hey ma, hey ma, look at me, look at me, your son, your son, we probably should have ended this a while ago, but we're just rocking out to the cadence, look at me, your boy, amen, Happy Veterans Day. So this next little segment, um, Clydette and I were just messing around, testing the sound, and she was worried about the dishwasher. Um, so it was just us messing around. I thought it was really funny, so just enjoy this this little blooper, blooper coming up. Hard work, work. All right, so we're listening to Clydette's cadences, and we're going to see if... The dishwasher is playing in the background, or but there should be pauses to listen because we pause when we do that. <laughs> 